With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Right on. Thanks for joining us for our second call in Planetary Returns. We are talking annual returns today. So I'm excited to learn some new things from you today, Kim. <laughs> Me too, <laughs> from you. This is uh, this is really fun because these returns not like they're different from the the lunar return, which of course occurs uh, 13 times a year. So these have this whole story arc that spans 12 months approximately, and we're going to be looking at the returns of the Sun, the returns of Mercury, and the returns of Venus. Those are the three planets that will uh, take about um, 365 days plus or minus to get right around the clock and come back to the exact place they were when you were born. If anyone is confused on how to create a planetary return other than uh, the moon and the sun, which you can do for free online at astro.com, I have created a... uh, video tutorial, <laughs> which is kind of a little hack on how to do them. I, I know some of you know already, but if you don't have the fancy schmancy software that will do it for you, this will show you how. So if you want to look at your Venus return or your Mercury return or later on Mars, Jupiter, etc., uh, you will follow that, uh, that video tutorial. It will show you how. That is in the resource page. You're going to find everything Uh, that we ever talk about, (laughs) whether it's reference charts that uh, we're looking at, calls, discussion calls, tutorials, it's all going to compile on the resource page. So you might see it scattered around the forum as we discuss specific things, but if you're wondering what's up, uh, bookmark that resource page so you can check that. Where where do we find that resource page, Kim, if a person were looking at the home page? Yeah, okay, so if you're looking at the home page, the, and, and you go to, yep, members, you're going to see um, the courses. So if you click it, it's a link at the very top. I'm just seeing where this actually goes. <laughs> yep, so you, if you're on the home page, look up and make sure it says members because you might be on the home page for all viewers, which will say public. But you want to log in, which will put you on the home page for members. And as you look at that home page, there is the in the introduction, it's the first link, the first sentence. Now that you're logged in, you can access Number one is the courses. <laughs> Click on the courses, and of course you're going to see where all the various courses are that you can catch up on. But go down to the second one. <clears throat> no. <laughs> go down to the... Okay, Jeanette. <laughs> I'm scrolling. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, see that's it. A uh... That's a Kimmy edit. Um, 
So I'm going to edit that out because I'm going to put it there. Actually, I'm going to put it there before they read this. So okay. um, it'll be on top. <clears throat> so I'm going okay. to edit this. Okay, got it. Here. So, okay, I'll play along. You, yeah, plus thank you. No wonder you couldn't find this thing. Holy macaroni. <clears throat> so course is available now. It's the first one, and it's Exploring Planetary Returns. Click on that, and it'll take you straight to the resource page. If you're in the forum, it's super easy to find from there because you just click on Align with Planetary Returns. You're in that forum. And you will see calls, resources, and tutorials. It's a sticky thread. It's right on top. If you click there, it's the very first link. Uh, this is where we'll post basically everything resource page. So those are your two avenues in. But I recommend you go there, if you haven't already, and bookmark it. And just maybe even put it in your uh, menu bar of bookmarks so it's just a very simple click, one click away. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> Good question <laughs> to get us started. All right, so why would we do the planeta uh, planetary return and which one would we choose? I like to do solar returns every year because they are like previews of coming attractions. They really show us where the energy is, where the you know we can sail with the tide, where we might want to find safe harbor, where uh, where the energy is really flowing. And they say a lot about who we are that year, what parts of ourselves, what identity shifting we might do to bring out a certain aspect of ourselves. Uh, for example, if the solar return ascendant is very different from your natal ascendant, then Jeanette, you might speak to this because you're normal. You're normally <laughs> your natal ascendant is Capricorn, and aren't you in a year where you have Aries? Aries rising? That All sounds that right. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. And it's different energy, isn't it? It's more assertive. It brings out more more fire. Yeah. It's less cost. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, you're so right. More, yeah. yeah. So what it allows is that kind of <clears throat> identity shift. If we can look at it visually, see the symbols, think about that part of ourselves, and think, all right, where is my warrior? Where am I going to charge forward and feel really good about it and not give a rip whatever other people think? Uh, that We add that to something that was more thoughtful, more not thoughtful enough, <laughs> not that you're unthoughtful with Aries, but um, more contemplative, more of a planner. I mean, the Aries is, is less of a planner, more of an action, action. So we can use the solar return chart, or any return chart, to see what the new ascendant is and how that may be adding to our identity for the year. So solar returns are great for an overall rundown of what's this new year like. But we can get even more specific. We can do a Mercury return. Now, I don't know many astrologers that do these, and I'm not sure why, because they are just chock-a-full information specifically if you're looking for Mercury things. So we want to talk about some of the things that Mercury rules. Like off the top of my head, we know it's communication, it's writing, it's the written and spoken word. It also has to do with this flow of energy. Mercury wants to keep things moving, and it rules commerce. The idea of money, 
exchanging. It's not money being saved in the bank. It's not about hoarding energy or even compiling energy. It's about moving through. It's a very, think of Tai Chi. It is the Tai, you get very Tai Chi with your, with your energy. Where Mercury is concerned, it wants to move it. Does, does that make sense? It's, yeah. it's quite different than that. Um, a, a sense of com- of compiling or saving or uh, sitting on it. It's not a sitting mm. on it energy. It's a move it around energy, and it also rules contracts. And whenever you have questions of those sorts for your upcoming year, Mercury return is awesome to do. And we're actually going to look at one for the example chart. Hmm. But if, so, yeah. so we could pull one up at any point in time because um, I can I can always benefit from whatever subject might be up in life if I just look at whatever planet is um, associated with it and do a return chart for whenever that was. Uh, that would be. It seems like I could get good information no matter when I wanted to look. Absolutely, as long as you're in that in that year, it. Obviously, if you do one right at the start of that return, Mm -hmm. remember the return is in effect until the next return. Mm -hmm. So if you have a retrograde period in there with uh, Mercury or Venus or any of the other planets, uh, you're going to end up with three returns, and it's the last one that will stay, will be in effect until the the next return. Um, If that's confusing, just pop, pop that question on the form and we'll map that out step by step. But, yeah, the, the point is I could be, <clears throat> see, because I'm a Gemini, my Mercury is going to return, <coughs> excuse me, always around the time of Gemini because the Mercury is never going to be more than 30 degrees away from the sun. So the Mercury return tends to mirror the solar return pretty closely, not always, but it's going to be pretty close depending on how close your Mercury is to your sun and if it's uh, in the same sign. So, I could do my Mercury return six months after. I could do it in the time of Sagittarius. I could go, wow, I've got this contract coming up, but let me look. Let me see what's, uh, what it has to say. Maybe earlier I hadn't looked because for whatever reason it wasn't a priority. And now I've got a very strong Mercury question. Maybe there's a sibling thing coming up and I want to look, check the return chart. I can do it then. I can do it up until the day before the next return if I want. Uh, we're going to look at a Mercury turn that uh, occurred in 2007 and look at it with hindsight. So that's always interesting. <clears throat> so that's a great question. Thank you for that. Uh, with your Venus return, that's a whole different set of, of uh, interests to look at. All things Venetian. So pleasure and comfort and artistic our artistic expression. We're going to look at Venus returns when we're wanting insights into relationships and partnerships of all kinds. Also, Venus in terms of money. Now, this is a different symbol for money where Mercury is the flow and the exchange, where money exchanges hands and moves through. Uh, Venus is more the attracting and the gathering and the using, <laughs> but it may it may be about let's see how it, let's say you have uh, Venus in Taurus and that return puts it in the, the second house. 
you might be um, it might be a year to see how fat your bank account can get. <laughs> you might want. It's not so much about let's slow it forward. <clears throat> it might be more about uh, let's com let's compile. Let's see how how big this can get. So it's quite fun that way. Also, on a deeper level, Venus is very much about our core values. So as they shift, we can look at the Venus return and get clues. <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> the voice. We can get <coughs> – this could be a fun one to edit. We can get clues on how our core values shift. Jeanette, I've always wanted to ask you this question because it feels like we're born with this set of core values, but they do expand and morph and change. Well, and I'm wondering, if, yeah, can you speak to that? Well, you know what I was noticing in my own experience is that it seems like they, um, it isn't so much that some fall away and they're replaced with totally different values as much for me as it is that uh, maybe one or two, ha it'll take prominence for a while, and then a couple of others will rise more to the spotlight to to be focused on. And it's almost like they're all there, but sometimes some are in the foreground and some are more in the background. And that might sound like a strange way to be talking about core values because all of them are important by definition. But I've noticed that myself that they it seems like when sometimes one of them will step up um for the spotlight and the others will fade in the background so they i think morph is a really good word for it especially because i've noticed that the word that i use to describe it sometimes changes not dramatically but um yeah i i know some coaches talk about how our our values can change over time and others say no, they're so hired wired for us that these do not shift. If it shifts, it was not a core value. So there's oh. differing opinions out there about you know how they're defined. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know that I, I I don't have a strong enough opinion to say this is how it is for all of us. Mm. Mm. But that's interesting, and I do like the idea of morphing because it fits in so well with what happens with the chart, because the chart, we've got the natal chart as this uh, frozen moment in time, and it describes beautifully core values, but the chart is not static, it moves, it progresses, it, we have transits making, you know, emphasis in different areas, we have returns. Uh, there are all types of ways to move the chart forward. Relocation, you can go to a different spot, and it changes your, or it emphasizes different core values by bringing different planets to the to the uh, horizon or to the midheaven. So, it makes sense to me that these are a, a kind of a, a living, organic, morphing energy, and that different times in your life you're going to feed different core values. Back to your example of Capricorn rising with core values of accomplishment and production. <clears throat> and uh, and the the ability to plan and build, uh, and then the core values of Aries for a year where you're Aries, they're going to that's going to shift a bit because uh, there could be some impatience about making things happen. Like I know we're not supposed to make things happen, air quotes, but taking actions. And if I saw that in your chart and you were my client, I would I would 
not be counseling you to hold back, go back to the per, to the uh, oh you know whatever your your um, business model plan you know restructure mm-hmm. this do, do it on paper. I would encourage action, and when you're for Aries, any action's better than inaction, and I know that's mm-hmm. counter to some ideas of slacker manifestation and, and laying back and I'd say yes when you have Taurus to the ascendant or, or Neptune or Pisces there or uh, yes by all means um, cancer take a nap <laughs> and you'll get more done <laughs> but not with Aries I, and I think this is how it works that we symbolically can see where those core values will rise and want more uh, em- emphasis want more attention so this is an, another way to utilize the return charts to get a feeling of what part of ourselves is coming to the foreground, and that means what core values want more action, more attention. It's right so linked to identity. Don't you think the core values are just, they almost inform the identity. Yeah, it's so interesting the way you're talking about this because it's um, uh, when I think I recall telling you that when Aries was my ascendant that I felt it almost instantly like I like remember. things shifted yeah. for me so powerfully and and this has been the year where I got really serious uh with activating the vibration of bringing my very best to this game and like and and being willing to ruffle some feathers and being willing to stand out from the crowd and take the leadership role where it doesn't always feel necessarily safe <laughs> or approved yeah. of, uh, but I can so feel how how much more important that is, and how and how easier it is for me to do it than it than my you know normally my Libra son wants to mm-hmm. you know not mm-hmm. does, doesn't want anyone to be upset doesn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable, and now it's a very different energy. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And it is like that. I've heard people just say they felt it immediately, or sometimes it's, they'll say, I felt that a few weeks before. It's, mm-hmm. There's a kind of retro-causation going on there, and uh, you can feel these shifts building if you tune into them. It's pretty amazing. So let's play with an example, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs> I think that that's the, the best way. Uh, what I want to um, play with is in the gallery, if you go to the gallery, there'll be a link here uh, right next to the <laughs> next to the recording, so that'll be easy. But if you go to the gallery, you can click on, it's just titled Mercury Return, and I'm putting that right here. Jeanette? I'm looking at it. Yep, I've oh, you're, it. You're, you're there probably before me. All right, so again... As I said with the lunar returns, this is kind of my thing, but I think it's a very good practice to put these side by side with the natal chart. In this case, the natal chart is mine, and it's on the right. 29 Leo rising, Gemini sun over there, that's me. Okay, and this is my Mercury return for May 20th. Note how close it is to that solar return that year. My birthday is the 23rd. Right, so here it is on the 20th. It returned right before the the sun, 
So everything but the moon is going to be in the same sign and pretty much the same aspect. But, of course, we have a different ascendant and a different moon. So why would I choose to look at 2007, Mercury 2007? I chose this example, you guys, because this is the year where I, after, I added it up, after decades of, air quotes, trying to get a major publishing deal for my fiction, years and years and years and years, and manuscripts and manuscripts, it's all just one work. <laughs> it was, um, many doorstops of manuscripts were created. And after all that, this is the year I got my first major deal. And it wasn't just for one book, it was for three. So I thought, okay, writing, contracts, um, the, uh, the written and spoken word, uh, energy certainly was changing hands. So I thought, what, what? Let's look at the Mercury return for that year. And interestingly, this all came about just a couple months after this Mercury return. So remember, I'd had uh, decades of Mercury returns with not this results. And this is the year we got Mm -hmm. the results. So here we are, (laughs) checking out, checking out that return. And the first thing we want to do is, because we've been talking about the Ascendant, is let's check out the Ascendant. And right away, we see it's fire, like the natal, but it's mutable fire. It's mutable fire. And Sagittarius is about explorations into the unknown. So core values that come up are expansive. They're exploratory. They're pretty fearless. Uh, Aries moves forward without, almost with blinkers on, it's not a bad way. It can really get get things done. But it moves forward almost with blinkers on, charging ahead to reach the goal. Sagittarius is expanding out in a more open way. It's the wide-angle lens that mm. sees the big, wide, that fisheye horizon where you can see almost, a, you know, at least 180, almost a 360 <laughs> degrees around you moving forward. And it's huge. And this, let me tell you, was not my usual MO. Pluto on the Ascendant is very, um, it's cautious, it's contained, it's skeptical, <laughs> it's, uh, it's um, oh, I don't want to say even any more about it, because it's also incredibly powerful, and it has, um, it has important things to express, but it doesn't find it really easy. Sagittarius does. Finds it easy to get it out in the world. And Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter, where's Jupiter in the Mercury return chart? Right on your ascendant. It's bang on. It's bang on. And this, this is just the icing. Or not the icing. This is the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I knew there was ice in there. Uh, it, it's the Sagittarius and Jupiter are associated with the ninth house, which rules publishing. Wow. So, yeah, we could look at this and we could start to get optimistic, right? I could start <laughs> to think, oh, okay, all right. So core values about expansion, get my, getting my voice out into the world. It rules the ninth house, which uh, is the uh, World Wide Web, publishing, 
um, anything import export out into the world. Jupiter, of course, is confidence, 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 and you know, after decades of rejection and writing books that have ne- never seen the light of day, uh, books that you love, it's like having children that, you know, <laughs> don't. Anyway, uh, confidence and optimism can be, they can ebb low. They can ebb low. Not this year. And I remember feeling very confident this year for no reason. I had no tangible reason out there in the world, there wasn't, I, I was still continuing to get the same feedback. Shows a lot of promise, not really quite right for our list. That's the nutshell of the rejections. Um, and I was starting to get uh, handwritten rejections from editors and publishers as opposed mm-hmm. to form letters, uh, but there was nothing close to a dialogue for a sale. Decades, guys. So, <laughs> so. But I had no, I had no real reason to be as optimistic as I was, and uh, but I was. I felt it. I felt it. The next thing we, we can look at with the Mercury return is what? Where is it in the chart? Because that is where Mercury is going to have its strongest impact. That's where the action is. And the mm-hmm. natal chart, we know it's in the tenth house, which does give a lot of emphasis towards career, mission, profession. You know, it's not a crazy idea to be a writer with Sun and Mercury and Gemini in the 10th house. It's not like I was, you know, mm-hmm. going for something that people would just shake their head and go, yeah, good luck with that. <clears throat> it, it made sense to my core values. But this this year, it was in the 7th house. And in the 7th house, we're talking about partnerships, we're talking about deals, we're talking about Mm -hmm. partnerships that sign on the dotted line. And that year, I not only, well, first I signed with an agent, and then because I had a publisher interested, (laughs) agents get very interested in you if you already have a publisher (laughs) lined up, and I signed, uh, yeah, with, with a major publisher for three books. And there's Mercury, just happy as Larry, right on the um, descendant in the in the seventh house, talking contracts, talking sign on the dotted line, and it's opposite Jupiter. So the link to publication, uh, you could certainly certainly read it that way. Mm, cool. And if we look at one other thing, the North Node. If we look at okay. The third house for the actual writing that I had to do. Aquarius ruling says great ideas, and then it goes into an intercepted Pisces, which which means you sister, <laughs> you're going to be immersed in this. <laughs> you're going to be lost in this uh, in a very powerful way with the North Node, and it did. I I mean I got a deal for three books when I only had one written. And the publisher said, so what are the other two? She wanted a, tr- a trilogy. What are the other two about? Send me an outline. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no freaking idea. <clears throat> and my agent said, don't say that. How <laughs> for that? So already I'm, I'm making things up. <laughs> I'm telling her. I, and I just dashed out for the for the. Second book that was uh, Arrows of Time. 
I just dashed out this really crazy, oh my God, the whole nonlinear, you know, time loop story. Uh, I dashed out a paragraph about that. The third one, I really had zero idea. I wrote one sentence and they bought them. Wow. Wow. It was a really, it was a very special year. And I want you to note that on the mid-heaven, on the mid-heaven where we have mission, career, mission, and profession, it's zero Libra. Zero Libra. And if you, I don't know if you guys know much about the Aries point, I'll put a link in. I'll just make a note. That I'll put a link on the AP. So you can read more about it if you want. Got a little article on the Aries point. But zero of the cardinal signs, whether it's Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, is a very powerful degree. It's a significant degree, and it's associated with what you are known for, what you are known for. And so there it is in Libra up at the um, the 10th house. And already within weeks, people were saying, I was so easy to work with. <laughs> That's Libra. Wow. Oh, my God. I was with. wondering how Libra would show yeah. up here. Yeah, willing to make uh, changes. People liked me. They found me charming. Pluto on the Ascendant <laughs> is not always charming. But they, were, they found me charming and, uh, and asked me to do a whole blog series for the, for the HarperCollins uh, Voyager blog, and which I did a gazillion um, things. I think I blogged there once a week for almost a year. Uh, wow. So it opened doors. It opened doors. And even though the actual first book wasn't published until, until 2009, you can see how this Mercury return – uh, if I'd read it beforehand, would have really signaled some powerful changes in optimism to me. Mm. You know, Kim, I was thinking almost what a gift it was because had you had did did you look at your return chart in advance, your Mercury no. return? No. I was thinking how how if I saw something like this in advance, how easy it would be for me to slip into attachment or a charge like i get a little freaked out like oh my god the stars are aligned don't screw it up jeanette you know like yeah. if it's going to happen it's going to happen now don't blow it yeah. so yeah um maybe yeah. i don't know i love that we're looking at one in in hindsight but yeah. but obviously using these to to get a handle on what's coming up would be super powerful too so just a little tip for how to not be um Maybe no one else besides me would would run into this. But if you ever find yourself feeling like, oh, this is my one chance, I better it better not blow it here, or who knows if it'll ever happen. Um, being aware of that energy that's flowing and just breathing through it so that it doesn't stay that with that static charge that can kink things up. But um, being easy, no, coming from a place of abundance knowing that there's always plenty, there's not just one limited chance. Um, I just, you know, really we're talking about the process of finding thoughts that feel better to keep you in a space of alignment rather than tension because that tension does not smooth the path ahead for the results that we prefer. That is so valuable. 
And let me tell you, I maybe only you and me in the world do this, but I suspect a lot of people might do this and they look at the transit of the progression or the return chart and start to have those thoughts of, yeah, I better not blow it. Or yeah, make the most of it. Yeah. yeah, make the most of it. And if it doesn't uh, seem to, at the time, unfold the way they expected or the way I expected, there can be there can be buckets of disappointment, and that doesn't uh-huh. serve either. So no. where where you can really use these returns is when you're working with clients, because you're get, gleaning the information from the return chart and finding ways to support them. So in a way, you become the it's like those circuit transformers. You're you're changing the 240 volt to the 210 so that you don't blow the hairdryer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you become the step-down or the step-up transformer for them because you're going to give them the information in ways with tools and so forth that isn't going to be like me looking at the chart and going, oh, my God, because, okay, here's the, I will cop to this. Um, after I did this for our talk, because I thought, oh, man, I bet this Mercury return was amazing, and it was, I <laughs> I went and did my Mercury return for this year. Yeah. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh, damn, it's not as good as <laughs> Really? <laughs> Sorry, it's not true. I posted it. I posted it. So it's on the, it's in the gallery, Mercury return 2015. I just um, posted Oh, the, that's the one I was just looking at a minute ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I posted hmm. that, and I looked at it, and I thought, yeah. <laughs> which is so and it's not true you could i could go through this and think okay for starters look at the second house for goodness sake look at no Venus doubt in, hello no why why do i you know that's just and hello like you know when you were talking about mercury as the, for the the flow you know this is not yes. the accumulation but this is the flow of commerce that's I hope you're spending pretty well. But I'm also looking at that, um, at your Mars and Sun conjunction. I don't know, maybe this would be a good one to take to our Q&A call, or do you want to cover it now, like as an example of how to look at it and get excited? <laughs> well, yeah, because that would help me as well as anyone else listening to the call. <laughs> but it's, okay, we know that, that Sun and Mars uh, which is not, think right away, this is not a natal aspect, right? Mm-hmm. I have Sun mm-hmm. and Mars, they're in conjunct, so they're not, uh, they're a long way from each other, Gemini and Capricorn. They're not in signs that uh, easily uh, find common ground. And so for starters, this is a little bit like having an Aries rising or an Aries sun for the year, mm-hmm. the Mercury mm-hmm. return, because it's it's got that vavoom, right? It's got mm-hmm. that... Uh, powerful powerful drive and it's in the 12th house so if anyone was going to spend time writing fantasies and working on that would be extremely powerful plus it's trying to neptune in the night oh my gosh doesn't that make you feel right on time i mean doesn't that just feel yeah especially because the the one of the series actually both series that i'm going to sell right now have a very strong water Neptune element. Oh, gosh. So we're going to have to keep our eye on this, but that 
That is extremely optimistic. And you know what? A Mercury return would never show up quite like it did that year for because I've, since then I've had three more book contracts and this would be um, four more. So this would be numbers 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever. It's a, it would have a different impact on me right. than that. Right, 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 right. Right. So, Nothing's like the first one, right? I mean, no, that's exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Nothing's like that first mm-hmm. one, and it's um, the you know it makes sense that the emphasis might be um, quite different, and the fact that the emphasis could be on financial that, that it's lucrative, that it's very productive, that it's very creative, um, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. So <laughs> this will be. An interesting return to return to. Kim, how would we make the most of Saturn in the fifth house on this Mercury okay, return? Okay, good. Such a good question. Roll up your sleeves, Kim. Talking to Kim here. <laughs> talking to myself. Roll up your sleeves and do the work. Do the work. The cool thing about this Saturn is that it's trying the ascendant. Right, it's in twenty nine oh. Scorpio. It is direct. It's trying the ascendant, and it's basically saying you you do the work, and this is the creative expression. Uh, you will get the results. It's not a year to just kind of sit back on your laurels or to think, look, I've written. You know, if they're not they're not wanting this, so what? It's like the year to. Mm-hmm. Um, Crank mm-hmm. the new, go with the new you're, inspiration. It's like you're new. laying the foundation. It feels to me like you're doing yeah. the work that um, that leads to the payoff. Yes, yeah, and they're very closely linked. Obviously, it's trying the ascendant square that Jupiter Venus, but it's like don't be afraid to sweat. Now I know that in law, just hear my voice. <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> I know that in law of attraction, we're talking about ease. And if it's not, you know, downstream, it's not for you. And I know where that is true. And I also, part of me can appreciate Will Smith. Maybe not, you know, I'm going to, you know, you're getting off the treadmill. I'm going to die. (laughs) Maybe not that. But that it does feel best to do the work. Like that is the downstream journey to to roll up the sleeves and get it done. Yeah. Abraham tells us, I really like this reminder from Abraham because they say, you know, you guys think that you wish you could just twinkle your nose and it would all, your life would be changed instantly. You know what? That would not be very satisfying to you. They say, you want your fingers in the clay. You want to be intimately involved with the unfolding of it. That's more satisfying. I get that, but it might be because I'm rising Capricorn. <laughs> mm, I get it too, and it might be because I've got Mars in Capricorn. But I, over and over, I find, especially if you're reading for clients and you see a strong Saturn, encourage them to just do something physical, build. It might be, mm. you know, bake cookies, <laughs> but just start mm. from scratch, build it together, and have a result. That's Saturn. And there's so many ways to do it, and it can be so rewarding. And I love what you said, Jeanette, about maybe the Saturn, the work, is the downstream, is the mm-hmm. ease. And well, we don't all make especially that Especially for the beliefs that most of us carry. I mean, it, it's one oh. thing to know intellectually that action is not required, 
But it's another when we give ourselves a reason to believe that in itself is very aligning. Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. True. Yeah. So lots to look forward in this this Mercury return. But it's so true, you guys. You can look at your returns and you can think one thing and then another and, oh, my gosh, um, it's a wonderful opportunity to check in with gremlin thoughts, to get into allowing, and to trust that that return, the symbolism there is so rich and so varied. And there is a beautiful path in there. There is a beautiful path in there. And you just want to be open to it. I cannot wait to see everyone's beautiful paths when we do our Q&A call on this subject. Is there anything yes. else you wanted to get on this recording, Kim? Or we ready well, yeah, to what, play? You, what I'd like you guys to do is pick a return, whether it's your solar return, your uh, Mercury return, or your Venus return, uh, whatever's going to be relevant for you, and do that chart. Get it in the gallery so that on the call or in the forum, we can have our Q&A, we can do some reading, it gives other people practice, and you get to have your return chart read. So (laughs) go ahead and uh, if you have any questions about how to create these, there is the tutorial, but if that's any, you get stuck anywhere, then you just post in the forum, shoot us an email, we're going to sort you out. And uh, I look forward to discussing all the planetary returns next week. Mm -hmm. Me too. Thank you, Kim. This was super fun. (laughs) Super fun. Thanks, Jeanette. Bye, everyone. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.